welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning, friends. How are you? Uh-oh. Maybe the mic's not on. I don't know. Good morning, friends. How are you doing? Woo! Uh, welcome to Awaken. My name is Dan. I'm the church planter in residence here, which means if you haven't heard by now, uh, you're not listening. Uh, we are planting a church, uh, and not just any old church, uh, but we are planting the first Awaken Parish, which means we're going to leave here, uh, me and the 40-some people who are, are with us uh, here, we'll leave here in June, and we'll go north and east, and um, we'll start an Awaken, uh, another Awaken church, probably called Awaken East. So, woo, uh, a couple fun things. Uh, we are starting to like zero in on where we're going to be, so if that's something that you're interested in, um, make like a crosshair of Highway 36 and White Bear Avenue. There's a couple community centers in there that we're kind of narrowing in. I'm dealing with really fun things like conditional use permits and how many parking spaces you need per body and the idea of a neighborhood meeting where they decide whether they want us there or not, which all that stuff sounds really fun. Indeed. So I can pay the big bucks. Uh... So, but we're having fun, uh, and we're getting ready to go, so uh, if you've been at all tickled about joining us, uh, come talk to me. would love to kind of tell our story a little bit, and then see if, um, maybe if you're supposed to be hanging with us and, and starting this thing together. So, um, we're the third week, this is the third week in our series, uh, Live, Serve, Gather, and these are the three habits, three... Um, ways, three things, whatever you want to call it, that Awaken Church is, do, to find ourselves uh, partnering with God as he works to make all things new. So the first uh, couple weeks ago, I got to talk about what it would mean to be a sacred community, people who live life together, who know each other, who love each other, uh, who pray with each other, gathering around the table and then being on mission together. So that was our first week. What does it mean to live together? Second week, last week, Micah talked about serving, and he asked this great question. What is in your hands? What does God put in your hands? And what are you doing with it? Because God doesn't just give us stuff to hold on to. And you think about the manna that the Israelites had. If they didn't eat it within the first day, it would go bad. God doesn't give things for us to just collect them and put them on the shelves, but he gives to us so that we can go share them and give them back into the world. So what's in your hands? And then there was an invitation to with whatever you've been given to take that and step more into whatever community you find yourself in. Here, Awaken in West 7th, Awaken East, your homes, your communities, uh, where you work. So that was the, that's the second habit, discipline, way um, that we go about cultivating community. And the third we're going to talk about today, um, and we use the term gather. And when we say gather, what we mean is this. We gather together, and what we do when we gather together here is we tell the story of Jesus, what God has done and is doing and will do through his son Jesus. We tell that story so that we can remember who we are and whose we are. I, uh, my son had his first lacrosse game yesterday. Do you know the game lacrosse? Let's give children metal sticks. 
and let's encourage them to hit each other with them. But only in certain ways, right? Like one of my, the, the craziest things about lacrosse is it's not a cross check if your hands are together and you don't hit them in the back. <laughs> ah. Right? Like you can hit people, but you can't like bring it back all the way here. They'll call you for slashing. Like it's just the most preposterous, amazing sport. I wish that it would have been here when I was his age because I totally would have played that, right? So I found myself sitting in the stands yesterday and um, we were playing uh, STMA, St. Thomas, St. Michael, Albertville. Um, <laughs> and you know, parents like don't intermingle, right? Uh, the white bear parents were not sitting with the St. Michael, Albertville parents. We were just, you know, separated. It was like a junior high dance. And so... Um, <laughs> We had gotten through the game uh, without any fireworks. Everyone was being a good parent, remembering the story, which is this is a game, and our kids are having fun with their metal sticks hitting each other. And so everything's going well, and then something happens, and some parent on the other side with a Harley, leather Harley Davidson jacket uh, says, you know, basically like, he hit my kid in the helmet with his stick, blah, 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 right? And to which I said, uh, no, he didn't. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and then he said, and then I said, and it was, you know, and it didn't actually get that bad. There was like two or three back and forths. Nobody really raised their voice, but I was like, oh man, this is, this is the first game of the season. This is already going somewhere interesting. Buckle up. And so the guy sitting next to me, he nudges me and he says, uh, man, that kind of reminds me of a couple years ago at the Woodbury tournament. You remember that? And I'd almost forgotten that story. Um, so I was on staff at a church in Woodbury on Radio Drive, and right across the street from us, literally across the street where the fields where my son's lacrosse tournament was going on. And so I was like dipping in and out, right? I was like, I'm going to sneak out of some of my responsibilities and go watch his game. And so I'm there, you know, watching, and I don't remember who we were playing, thankfully. And it was, a, the refs were not blowing a whistle. You know those games, right? We were like, this is, there's going to be blood. This is what's going to happen. You give boys with sticks blood, it's going to be bad. And then finally, it's going kind of elevating. Again, it's the junior high dance, parents on both sides. And then there's a crash, and a metal stick hits a helmet, and then the parent from the other side explodes. And he's like, Aah! well, it was my kid who hit his kid. And, of course, I said, yeah, but did you see what they've been doing to him the whole time? Right? And, like, it stepped up. And eventually, the whole thing cooled down when the muscle-bound dude on our team, like, walked in between us and everyone got quiet and then we just agreed to like good parents we just separated right we all i'm not kidding we moved our chairs so we just couldn't hear each other good example to our kids right that's how to how to do this and so my buddy reminds me of this we're watching the game and he's like remember two years ago when you did that and i'm like oh man he's like yeah it was pretty funny that you were pastor at a church across the street and you're like <laughs> two steps from a fist fight at a nice lacrosse game right I forgot the story I was living in. I thought it was about lacrosse. It's not really about lacrosse. And lacrosse isn't really about winning. Uh, I mean, it is. Okay, I'm competitive. But really, it's about our kids having fun. Getting out there, running around so they sleep at night when they come home. And I think that, that moment is a picture of my life. I'm constantly falling asleep at the wheel, forgetting who I am and whose I am, forgetting why I'm here. And so why I gather together at church every week 
is so I can remember better when I'm out there in the world. Right? If, if church is the heartbeat, if when we gather together and we sing and we listen to scripture, if it's the heartbeat of what's happening, it only matters if our hands are doing the work with God. It only matters if the community, if there's the body of Christ, if we're together doing that. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what we do when we gather together, um, particularly three things that, that, uh, that are distinct for us. Um, and so to start that off, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite you to stand up, and we're going to root ourselves. We're going to root ourselves uh, in some scripture from Deuteronomy 6. So I invite you to listen, uh, listen to these words. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of goods that you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied... Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Abba, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. The one we gather around today, the one we listen to, the one we call Lord we ask you to make us like Jesus. Teach us to love. Teach us to live just like Jesus did, completely and fully awake to who and whose he is. We love you. Amen. funny is we were reading that and uh, it talks about like uh, teach them to your children talk about them when you stand by the road and I just heard in my head and when you sit at lacrosse games it's like ah crud I got to go back for two more today so whoo here we go all right so um rooting ourselves in that like thinking of that that Deuteronomy 6 as the thing we're going to bounce from here I want to pull out three things that we want to be aware of, that we try to do on purpose, that we're intentional about, that we think are important for when we gather together to tell the story of Jesus, to remember who and whose we are. And the first thing is that this is primarily a we endeavor, not a me endeavor. Do you hear me, Americans, individualists, right? This is about a we. We can't do this alone, sort of implied by the language, right? But, but you can't do God's people 
off on our own. And you hear that all over the text from Deuteronomy 6. It's talking about telling the children. When the, when the Lord God brings you, not you Moses, not you Aaron, not you Joshua, not you Miriam, not you any one particular tribe, when he brings you into the land that he's given you, don't forget. So we gather together to remember that we are we. And the us, the we, the community that this is, is who, the people who are in this space right now. But it's also those of us who are not in this space who are out in other spaces. There are thousands, millions of Christian communities that will be meeting this day to tell and remember the story of Jesus. So it's not just this beautiful thing that's happening here at Awaken, but it's this beautiful thing that's happening at Awaken, at St. John's, at Eagle Brook, at River Valley, at Five Oaks, at any of the places, any of the churches that are saying and teaching the name and the story of Jesus and inviting people to follow. So it's that. But it's not just the right now and the moment. It's all of those who have come before us. This is a tricky room to point it out in, but one of the, 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 the beautiful things about an old room like this is that we have reminders of all those who have gone before us. And we look around and we go, oh yes, I am not the first to walk this path. We're part of an us that is extended for thousands of generations. Back even to Moses, back to the beginning. There's always been a people, a family of God following him. But it's also about the we that hasn't happened yet. Our children. Our children's children. The story doesn't end with us. So as we gather together to remember who's and whose we are, telling the story of Jesus, we remember that this is a communal, this is a family thing that's happening. The other thing with it is, um, I could be on my deck right now, listening to some Hill songs or some Brilliance. I could be listening to Micah's sermon from last week, or I could be listening to John Mark Comer's, or you know whoever you like to listen to on the podcast. Right? I could consume Christian, good Christian content, pretty much anywhere I want. I could turn one on right now, put the mic on it, and we could listen to whoever we want to preach. Preach. That's not what this is about. Those things are not the extent because it's those things that we do together. We're not consumers. Okay, so the first is that we gather, remember, that, that this is a, a community, a family. It's a we, not a me. The second is we gather together to do evangelism. And when I say evangelism, what I don't mean is, you know, I got a track to tell you to turn or burn, or you're going to burn. If you all want to reach underneath your seat, I put a track there for you. I didn't. Um, but the track I did put there is one of those dollar tracks that you can use when you go out to eat next time. And instead of giving a tip, you can just leave that for your, your server. That's not what I mean when I say evangelism. When I say evangelism, I simply mean the proclaiming of the good news about Jesus Christ that the kingdom of heaven is near. And guess who needs to hear it? Everyone. 
over and over and over because we're all bumbling buffoons who sit at our kids' lacrosse games and forget the story. I need to hear this. I need to be evangelized every day because I forget the good news. So evangelism isn't just about the outsiders and trying to get them to be insiders. What a horrible picture. What a transactional way to think about it. That's not what it's about. Evangelism is about proclaiming together the good news about Jesus and all of us going, yes, that's where we're going. That's where I want to be. That's who I'm following. That's what evangelism is. Telling the good news to everyone. And you know what's beautiful about proclaiming the good news is life is hard. Life is heavy. And it's not a shallow good news. It's not, oh, well, if you do everything right, bad things won't happen. It's somewhere, somehow, in the middle of your mess, of my mess, of our mess, guess who's working? God. So we gather together to remember that we are a we and to proclaim the good news because we all need to hear it over and over and over again. It's about our continual, ongoing conversion into being people who go, yes, Jesus, we want to be like you. So it's the second. And the third, and this is my favorite, and I've been waiting to talk about this, and I screwed it up so badly in the first service, so I hope I don't screw it up now, but it's like my favorite, one of my favorite things to talk about. And I want to I talk about the sacraments. And uh, so if you have any sort of history in the church at all, you'll probably know a few of the sacraments. Baptism and communion, Eucharist, the Lord's table, whatever language you, you want to use. But there are these rituals, these things that the church has done for thousands of years um, in their worship. And what is really special about the sacraments is that there's this story that they tell that you have to like turn, like turn your head a little bit and pay attention to hear. The broad, so okay, so this is how I screwed it up last time. Uh, okay, so, sorry. Baptism, Eucharist, it's the combination of a thing, so water, wine, bread, and then the Spirit of God, the Word. Not just words, but the Word, the presence of Jesus. And it's these two things going together. And in Deuteronomy 6, we even hear that talked about there. There's sacramental language there because where are they walking into? They're walking into a physical land that God promised them. Cities they didn't build, wells they didn't dig. It even speaks about the food that they will eat. The word flourishing, which is a physical word, is used to talk about this space they were walking into. And so when we start thinking sacramentally, the physical becomes spiritual. And that's the way it was meant to be. That's what it was at the beginning. Right now, like, uh, there are these two words that define 
uh, how most of us think about stuff. We're some version of materialists where we think stuff is going to solve all our problems. The person with the most toys, when they die, guess what? They win. Nope, that's not true. But that, Okay, so you got materialism. And then you have this other word, Gnosticism, and it's an old word, and it's just this fancy way of saying uh, it's a belief that stuff is bad and spirit is good. So you have the Gnostics who think everything is bad, it's all going to burn, and at the end we'll all just be floaty spirits. Sounds a little bit like how I was taught what heaven was going to be, but okay. So you've got that over here. And by the way, that is like fought against throughout the entire New Testament, even in like the picture of Jesus becoming flesh, walking on earth, it's not bad. So you've got the Gnostics, and then you've got the materialists who think, uh, it doesn't really matter, stuff is everything. And then there's this third way to think about it and go, well, what if the materialists are wrong, because we know stuff isn't everything, and what if the Gnostics are wrong who think that material is, is bad? What if there's a third way to think about it? What if, and, and the word is sacramental, and it's that things are put back in their right order. The stuff connected to God is how it was meant to be. There's a, a Russian Orthodox theologian, Alexander Shmiman. Uh, this is how he says it. He says, Christ came not to replace natural matter with some supernatural and sacred matter, but to restore it and to fulfill it as the means of communion with God. The holy water in baptism, the bread in the wine, in the Eucharist, they stand for i.e., they represent the whole of creation, but creation as it will be at the end when it will be consummated in God, when God will fill all things with himself. So sacrament describes reality as it should be, as it could be, as it was meant to be. It's heaven and earth together. It's God and people, creator and creation. And we see this at the beginning of the story. In Genesis, we see God walking with people. Friendship, connection, relationship. Heaven is dwelling with earth at the beginning. And there's this disruption. Stuff gets in the way. Creation itself breaks. And then God gets to work, restoring things back, renewing, resurrecting. Begins in the garden together. And then it ends. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, 
I am making everything new. There's a city at the end. Stuff isn't bad. Sacrament. The heavenly and the earthly together. Mindful that it's their connection. It's stuff connected with God that brings it into the good place, the place it was meant to be. And the incarnation, Jesus, who is both God and man, is the very picture of sacrament. The very definition. The Son is the image of the invisible God that holds everything together. Jesus is the mystery that is proclaimed to all creation that God hid from the beginning but has made known. And the mystery is Christ in you is the hope of glory. That's how Paul talks about it in Colossians. We gather together to remember this story that, that this is a we, not a me. That it's the good news we proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is near and that everyone needs to hear it over and over again so that we can be people who remember. And we gather together with each other, around each other, because this isn't an abstract, imaginary, spiritual thing. Following Jesus is physical. It is sacramental. When we gather together with Jesus in the center, that's a sacrament. God's people with God. So the question for us this morning is, what's the story you're living in? Now maybe it's still too early for you and you're like, that's an awfully abstract question for 11.49 in the morning, Dan. I've only had three cups of coffee. Fair enough. Allow me to help you. Think about the last time you lost your temper at a lacrosse game. Okay, maybe you didn't go to a lacrosse game. When's the last time you lost your temper? Maybe somebody cut you off, took your parking space. Maybe, I know, wait for it, you had to wait three extra minutes at the checkout because the chip card thing wasn't reading and you had to get home with your groceries. Like how quickly we forget we have bananas that come half a world away and I can't wait three minutes for it. These are things that I struggle with, right? Or, okay, our house... Blended family, okay? Uh, I like an orderly house. Um, I also would like my kids to do things that I don't do. Um, you know, like put their dishes in the dishwasher when maybe I don't put my dishes in the dishwasher. And I have had this overwhelming epiphany that when I introduced conflict and struggle over something that I don't even do, okay, right, but over a plate in the dishwasher, and I create this distance in an already, like, it's tricky. Blended families are tricky. Am I forgetting the story? Is the story really about getting my kids to put their crap in the dishwasher? No. It's about being loving, kind, caring, thoughtful, responsible kids. And yes, Putting your dishes in the dishwasher is part of responsibility, but I get the order mixed up sometimes. 
So what's the story you're living in? When's the last time you lost your temper? When's the last time you found yourself frustrated beyond what you maybe should have? And then the answer to why you were is the first step in understanding what the story you're living in is. So we're going to take a moment, and we're actually going to workshop this. Um, I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes, and we're going to be quiet. And ask yourself that question. What's the story I'm actually living in? Friends, we tasted it this morning. And the invitation is that we go with it, carrying it with us. Go awake. The Lord bless you. keep you. The Lord make his face shine on your face. The Lord lift his countenance up and give you peace. Go on that peace, friends. Amen. Find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.